We have many idioms in the American language. A lot of them have to do with uh, string or or line. Uh, as I was doing this sermon, getting up this sermon, I I thought of a sermon that you preached. Where's Eddie Cron at? Right there, there he is. I thought of a sermon you preached uh, a few years ago about how what's in our dash. You know, remember that sermon where, where you talked about our, our dash that's uh, in between the, the, the dates on our gravestone? You talked about that, how uh, what really is important is, is on the dash. We were born on such and such a day, and, and we, we die on, on such and such a day. And that line in between, that, that, that dash that's in between is, is what we're, what we're known for. I, I took it this way, Eddie. That dash is, is that that line, that 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 stream that that runs through our life, and and in in some instances it's very very long, and it has lots of marks on it, doesn't it? It has lots of marks on it. We we can look at our past, and and many times we can mark small events on the stream that runs through our lives and and intertwines with with those we love, with those we know, with the lives of others. Small events, small little events that are evident and clearly lead up to, to major events in our lives. We can, we can look back, you know, if our lives had not unraveled the way they unravel now, we wouldn't know some of our greatest joys and some of our worst fears. Our line just runs through our lives and we make brilliant deductions, wise choices, dumb decisions. This might be one of them. (laughs) Silly, silly mistakes. All are marked on our string. All of them. Define us. Along the way, we hope we learn lessons that will help us be better. Better moms, better dads, better husbands, better wives, better teachers, better students, better employees, better employers, better sons, better daughters. And today is such a day that you need to mark on, on your string. Today is one of those days that you need to mark on your string, the, the thread that runs through your life. Today is a day that you will look back on because you'll learn a lesson whose effect will last for years, long after we're gone and somebody else ties on to our string. Look at me in Joshua chapter 6, verse 26. Then Joshua charged them at that time, saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord who rises up and builds this city Jericho. He shall lay its foundation with its firstborn, and with his youngest he shall set up its gates. 
Joshua chapter 6, the battle is won. The battle is over. There was total destruction. Joshua chapter 6, verse 21, they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep and donkey, with the edge of the sword. The children of Israel, led by Joshua, had followed God's plan to take the city of Jericho. They had followed it exactly. All we have to do is look at the, at the string of events. Joshua chapter 6, beginning in verse 12. The soldiers led the group. The seven priests, they blew the, blew the ram's horn to follow the soldiers. The Ark of the Covenant was next in line. And then the silent children of Israel marched behind the Ark. They did this for six days, once per day. On the seventh day, the ordered group went around seven times. On the seventh time that they went around, the priests blew the horns, the the people shouted, and by faith, Hebrews 11 verse 30, the walls fell flat. They entered the city, and as we've read in Joshua chapter 6 verse 21, they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep, and donkey with the edge of the sword. Rahab and her family, they were the exception, they were saved by faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. Total victory. And Joshua makes sure that this victory is secure. And he learns a lesson that we must learn today. We have got to mark this event today on our string of events. Our string of life. We look at this We look at this battle of Jericho and we can see a lot of events. He takes this total victory in this battle of Jericho and Joshua makes sure that this victory is secured with a curse. That's what I read at the very first. He he makes a curse, a curse on whoever tries to build the walls of Jericho again. There's a curse on it. He makes a mark on the string of events that would shape our future by teaching our us a lesson today. Joshua chapter 6, verse 26. Look at it with me again. Here's the cost of ever rebuilding Jericho again. Notice, it would cost the builder the life of his firstborn child to build the walls, and it would cost the life of the builder's second young, or excuse me, the, the builder's second, uh, the builder's, youngest child to set the gate. It would cost him his firstborn to build the wall. It would cost him his youngest child to build the gate. If Mark Triplett, who's in our congregation, if Mark Triplett rebuilt the wall of Jericho at this time uh, that, that Joseph is, jo, uh, Joshua is talking about, the walls would cost him Kurt and the gate would cost him Ben. Who were in their right mind would say that's okay? Nobody. Let's jump ahead on our, our string of events just, just a little. The promised land is, is taken. In fact, let's jump ahead around, around 500 years. Joshua dies. 
there's a time when the judges, they rule the children of Israel. Israel, though, they, they, want, they want a king, and Saul is selected, and he, he disobeys God. Then David, who is made king, and he's told by God, and he tells his son Solomon the same thing that God tells him before he dies. He tells his son Solomon, whom he makes king, 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 4, If your sons take heed to their way, to walk before me in truth, with all their heart and with all their soul, he said, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. Then, then David makes Solomon king, and Solomon, he starts out well, but because of his rejection of God and his idolatry in his old age, 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 9, the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned from the Lord God of Israel who had appeared to him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods, but he did not keep what the Lord had commanded. Therefore the Lord said to Solomon, Because you have done this and have not kept my covenant and my statutes which I commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to your servant. Nevertheless, I will not do in your day... Do it in your days for the sake of your father David. I will tear it out of the hand of your son. However, I will not tear away the whole kingdom. I will give one tribe to your son for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. And so the kingdom is taken away from Solomon's son, Rehoboam, who, has, who is left with only the tribe of Judah. And ten tribes to the north are given to Jeroboam, who rejects God, and he sets up golden idol calf worship in the towns of Dan and Bethel. I, I tried to give everyone a map. You can look on your map and you can find the city of Jerusalem on your map. You can look to the extreme north of your map and you can find the city of Dan. That's where one of the idols was set up, in the city of Dan. And then you look down almost to Jerusalem. There's where the city of Bethel is. That's where it is. It's ten miles from Jerusalem. Jeroboam set idols up in Dan and Bethel so that the children wouldn't go to Jerusalem and worship God because he knew if they did that, they would leave his kingdom. They would kill him. Just ten miles. Dan is the extreme north. Bethel is very near Jerusalem where true Worship was. And if you grew up in Dan worshiping golden calf idols, basically you grew up to the church, you grew up next to the church building and never obeyed the gospel. You were married to the preacher and never obeyed the Lord. Because you grew up right next to where God wanted you to worship. Just ten miles. Here's what God thought about this. First Kings chapter thirteen, verse three. This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Surely the altar shall split apart and the ashes on it shall be poured out. The kingdom is split, Judah in the south, godless Israel in the north. And it went on like this for, for 40 more years. Six kings later, Ahab becomes king. And he is the most evil of kings. He's more evil than all the kings before him, all his fathers before him. First Kings chapter 16, verse 30. He's more evil than those that have ever ruled, more than all the other kings. And sometime during this 40-year reign and six kings, a man named Hael is born. He's born in Bethel. 
He's born in a place that does not know God or know God's Word. He has worshipped a golden calf all of his life. He grows up. He takes a wife. He has sons. How do I know? Well, the Bible tells me so. For in the reign of Ahab, 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 34, Hael built Jericho. He laid its foundation with Abram, his firstborn, and with his youngest son, Segub, he set up its gates. He lost his first son setting up the walls, and he lost his youngest son setting up the gates according to the word of the Lord which he had spoken through Joshua, the son of Nun. What was prophesied, what was a curse that was put on Jericho 500 years before has now been realized because Hael has lost both of his sons in the rebuilding. Do you see the mark on the string of events? 500 years after Joshua's curse on Jericho, Hiel loses his sons in the rebuilding. The consequences of Hiel's actions were realized because of the lesson learned by Joshua before the battle of Jericho, 500 years before, which set in motion a curse that would directly affect Hiel's family. And it's a vital lesson that Hiel didn't know, but that we must learn today. Hael didn't know this. Follow the stream back with me to Joshua. The lesson learned by Joshua was this. Just before the battle, just before the battle of Jericho, just before the walls come tumbling down, Joshua is looking over the city that he and the army are about to take. And he's met by a man with a drawn sword. And Joshua went to him and said, Are you for us? Or our adversaries, Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. You know what the man answered? His answer was, no. Are you for us or against us? No. What kind of answer is that? Here's the full answer, Joshua chapter 5, verse 14. So he said, no, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth, and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? Here's the lesson that Joshua learned. It's not, is God for or against us? It's, are we for God? After the battle, Joshua understands this. And he sets a trap. For anyone not on the Lord's side to ever build Jericho again without consequences. Why wasn't Hiel on the Lord's side? Follow the 500 year stream. God was ultimately not obeyed and Hiel grew up in, in Bethel during a time when God was not known and His Word was not read. Hael, seeing the unused, fertile valley of the Jericho, knows that this will be nothing but money in his pocket. He did not know God nor His Word. He didn't know the cost it would be to build the city. He surely didn't know it would cost him his two sons. If he had of, would he have built the city anyway? Surely not. Surely not.
what will it cost us to build our Jericho? What will it cost us to build our American dream? What will it cost us to build our perfect world? What will it cost us to build our lust of the flesh? What will it cost us to build our lust of the eyes? What will it cost us to boast in our pride of life? Will it cost us our children? Will it cost us our marriage? Will it cost us our city? Our country? Will it cost us our salvation? What will we pay for the knowledge to build our walls and, the, and not knowing God's Word and how to apply it? Many would agree with this statement today. Respect yourself enough to walk away from anything that no longer serves you, grows you, or makes you happy. If you agree with this statement, you got it all wrong. For our minds should really work this way. Respect God enough to walk away from anything that no longer serves God, grows you in Christ, or makes God happy. Here's the lesson that Joshua learned. and We must learn it today. We've got to mark it on our string so that 500 years from now, our children's children have a chance to be saved. We've got to learn the lesson of Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We've got to learn the lesson of Mark chapter 12, verse 30. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. We must learn it's not what we want, but what God wants. Abraham Lincoln, when he was asked if God was for the Union during the Civil War, he said, Sir, my concern is not whether God is on our side. My greatest concern is to be on God's side, for God is always right. Where is your string of events going? Who are your string of events attached to? What does it cost to be on the Lord's side? A sword was brought to Jericho. A sword needs to be brought to our Jericho, doesn't it? Who brought the the sword to Jericho? Who brought that sword? God Almighty. And the sword for our Jericho has already been brought. For Jesus cries in Matthew chapter 10 verse 35, Do not think I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. I came to tear Colin away from his mom and daddy. For I have set up a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. 
He who loses his life for my sake will find it. What does it cost to follow Jesus? Everything. Everything. What will you gain? Everything. (laughs) Everything. Mark this day on your string of events. This is the day we learn a valuable lesson. How our string plays out will affect the string of our lives and the lives of those who attach on to us for many years to come. It will affect us for eternity. Our string will go on through eternity. Now, I'm, I'm all tangled up. <coughs> Literally. But let's untangle your life today. I might need you to help me untangle mine. We all need help, don't we? Let's untangle your life today. Let's untangle it. Let's, 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 let's get all these, these strands and strains that just aren't fitting. Let's, let's get them off. And, and it's my hope that this morning, that as the invitation song is sung, you've heard of a, of a baseball being thrown on a string? Thrones you straight. It's my hope that like you're on a string, you'll come up here and ask for prayers. Like you're on a string, you'll come up here and want to be baptized into Jesus Christ. Mark this day. Come right now. Together we stand and sing.